You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, the NFL playoffs come to a head as the AFC and NFC championships reveal the participants at Super Bowl 54. We'll recap the championships and preview the big game. We also talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame votes and recap UFC 246, plus some breaking news in the NFL. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everyone, it's Mac. And I am Heather, who picks hugs, not drugs. Hi, Smith. (laughs) Guys, this is episode 20. Yeah, buddy. I mean, we're we're important now. Dang. Yeah. You know, we're, we're averaging that 23 to 25 <laughs> listeners an episode. Yeah. Uh, but we've hit 20 episodes, not counting our bonus episodes. But you know what? We have, like, seen a huge exponential jump in our reviews, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have. Like, what, like three, four hundred percent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you find your podcast. If you are an Apple subscriber, please leave us a five-star review and a, uh, we'll read it on the air. Um, to that note, we have two new reviews. Uh which brings our grand total up to four. Yeah. Uh, we are, however, up at six five-star ratings, though. Only four reviews, but six ratings. You know what? I'll take that. Uh, now, why slow... do you need to question? Don't don't worry about the math. It checks out. Okay. Yeah, right? it works. So Sloan80 writes, sports equals funny. Five stars. Never knew a group of people could make sports funny. They all do a nice job at keeping your attention because sometimes sports is a subject that can be difficult keeping people interested in but they kill it my sister wrote that that's adorable (laughs) who did whose sister wrote that oh i don't know about that one does james Uh, have a sister because no uh, he does but that's not no no no. and sloan if you're listening thank you for that that was very nice thank you our other review comes courtesy of b-man daddy uh, he writes, good show, five stars. Never reviewed a podcast, so you get my first. Yay. But no, but seriously, good show with great people. Should be a blast watching it grow. Oh, hey. thanks, B-Man. <laughs> hey, B-Man, thank you. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but don't quote me on that one, but I think that's Brandon from the uh, the Facebook group. Hey, you know what? I'll, I will take it. Let's let's get those reviewing, everybody. We, we, we love it. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, something tells me that we're going to keep seeing exponential growth in our reviews. People like us. Or maybe we'll get that first ballsy guy or woman or uh, non, uh, non-binary. Gender. Yeah. You know, uh, that sits there and tells us how much they hate us. So either or, we'll read it. Hey, your hate only makes and us And appreciate stronger. it. And appreciate it. So. so how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I got to cover UNC Pembroke's last swim meet before they go to the conference meet up in Canton, Ohio. How's Vic uh, been doing? She's good. Uh, I got to see her swim tonight. Uh, she said she didn't do as well as she uh, wanted to. But did I'll she sleep? Your... Did she sleep in the vehicle? 
Oh, uh, she you get enough I, sleep. Well, she this meet was at St. Andrews, so that's only like 20 minutes away from Pembroke. Nope, so she didn't get enough sleep. No. Um, but uh I mean, they uh had breaks, so she said the first meet coming off break didn't go so well. Tonight everybody looked great. Uh for me, the non uh educated sports writer about swimming, but I can't say enough about how amazing uh, both St. Andrews and Pembroke swimmers are because I couldn't imagine doing that shit. I literally saw one of Pembroke swimmers do like 32 legs. I didn't even know mm. that, that was a. I didn't even know that was a race. <laughs> and, Listen, I could barely get up like the pool steps without getting winded myself. So like, yeah. good for them. Yeah, I mean it, it was they're, they're amazing, uh, and I I appreciate uh, collegiate swimmers even more than I already did just for them being athletes, but sweet mother of god what they do in water is amazing heather how you doing tonight oh i'm doing great um still kind of well i guess i've started to kind of come down off of the high that i was on last week just because you know we lost our dc and then we lost you know brady so kind of everybody's jumping ship but i kind of knew that was going to happen lost declared for the draft yeah, so, like, I, I get it. I, it. It always happens after that kind of a thing. So, um, but other than that, like, really, really good. Um, finally got some, like, wedding stuff hammered out. So there's only, like, one big thing that we have to deal with now. And so, yeah, like, it's good. Everything's now, great. I don't, know if we, I don't know if we mentioned it, but I did get to save the date. Good for you. As did I. And I'm, I'm, I'm having something, like I said, it's not functional, but you'll appreciate it, Heather. That's sweet. Uh, I've been fighting. Uh, I think I'm coming down with a cold. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but my voice is a little out of it tonight. Uh, this, do you uh, have the coronavirus? Is that what I this probably is? do. Uh, this will be my last episode ever. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> you know, if, well, I mean, if I have to, I will enact the Dizzle pro- Protocol, which... It's something named after a buddy of mine, and uh, we were saving it for the zombie apocalypse. But I mean, I'll I'll do it for the coronavirus too. Of, you know, if you start showing signs of the fever, that we shoot you in the front yard in front of God and country, so everybody mm. knows we're not playing. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, but yeah, this uh, sudden temperature fluctuations kind of mess me up. Uh, yeah, January needs to get its shit together. Right. Let's just let's just skip to okay. March. Yeah, January's got more mood swings than Antonio Brown. Oh. <laughs> well, let's let's jump in there. That was going to be my second topic, but you offered the segue, perfect. Matt. Good job. How many times do I have to tell you guys it's not a good segue if you point out the segue? Yes, it uh, is. It's not. Uh, yes, it is. But breaking news today: an arrest warrant has been issued for Antonio Brown, stemming from an alleged battery and burglary incident in Florida yesterday. Well, he's. Is he still barricaded in his house? Because that's what I had read, that he had locked himself in his house yeah, and, and was wasn't not coming out. cooperating with police. Yeah, that's the last I heard other than the uh, the warrant's been issued. Um, apparently, this incident involved Brown, his trainer, and the driver of a moving truck. Yeah, something like that. Like he threw a rock at the truck or <sighs> something to that effect. Um, the, what the if, dude needs some help. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he really needs to go. I mean, there are great therapists out there that can get him, you know, uh, straightened up. I know, all I'm saying is, you know how shitty of a human being you have to be for Drew Rosenhaus to say, hey, lose my number and don't call me back? 
Uh, right. Rosen, Rosenhaus is pretty much the biggest shithead on the planet, too. So um, I just, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm rooting against him. I want him to get help. But for fuck's sake, man, like it, his shtick's kind of gotten old. You know, well, it like, has, but it does kind of make me wonder um, because um, James and I kind of like binged it um, later last week, kind of into the weekend or whatever. But we watched uh, the Aaron Hernandez documentary yeah. on Netflix. I was thinking is, about watching that here soon. Oh, my God. It is yeah. so good. Yeah, it's so, pretty well done. So good. But, I like, feel I feel like we should all have watched it and maybe do an episode about it. Oh my god, it is amazing. But like it's kind of it kind of makes me wonder like has he taken too many blows to the dome where it's affecting his better judgment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I there is something to it. Uh, you know, obviously CTE has negatively affected players. Yeah. Um but I think Jermaine Wiggins in the documentary said it best is that a lot of players probably have had symptoms of it and you know like they don't act fools and in Aaron Hernandez's case they didn't go out and murder three people well yeah one officially two he got off okay but uh <laughs> um but uh, you know yeah, I mean, but they but they did a really good job though of highlighting how you know of course he had so many different like contributing factors to it but how you know how just his 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 frontal lobes were damaged to a point of not being able to distinguish like the right and wrong of his actions. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, I'm going to tell you, you know, who else suffers a shit ton of head injuries? Soldiers. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying like, it definitely makes you wonder now, like yeah. having, having I, seen it. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Brown's got a couple screws knocked loose. Um, you know, I just, he probably needs to just decide, you know, make the call, hey, I'm never going to play football again and work on himself. Uh, because, I mean, it's it's no fun watching somebody slip down a slope like this mm-hmm. and, and until something, like, awful bad, you know, happens. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not even the only uh, sports star with some mental issues in the news this week. Do you guys see what's going on with uh, Delonte West? I mean, I wouldn't call Delonte West a star. Uh, uh, well, I mean, he's yeah. more famous than we'll ever be. Yeah, but I mean, he he had horrible like issues when he was still in the NBA. Like this, like his, uh, I think he was like diagnosed as like bipolar or schizophrenic, one of the two. Bipolar. Yeah, and it, it got away from him. And I, I mean, I hate to see anybody on the streets with mental illness because let's face it, our especially here in North Carolina, when we closed down Dorothea Dix Hospital, we dumped several thousand people with yeah. uh, mental health issues on the street. Like, you don't want to see that for anybody, uh, not just people who made a name for themselves playing basketball. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it sucks to see. Uh, you know, we... we I didn't even recognize him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you're living on the streets for, like, four or five years, so... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, did you not see what... Goldberg looked like from the Mighty Ducks when they found him. Mm. Oh God, it was awful, like bad, awful. He Goldberg. was completely unrecognizable. That's a shame. Oh I, yeah, I just, we we need that. That should be an impetus for you know we we need to get our shit together as a country as a whole on on what how we treat mental health. Uh, you know, really ripping the stigma off of it, which is something that. We, we say it a lot, but 
there's not a lot of follow through or actual truth to it. But I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, I, I want Antonio Brown to get help, and and so I mean, he's got kids and shit. You know, no one should have to see their apparent, uh, you know, go down that spiral. Yeah. Well, the other piece of breaking news today, Eli Manning, uh, the New York Giants quarterback, announced his retirement. This wasn't all that surprising of a move after he was uh, replaced in favor of Daniel Jones in week six. But still, he is the uh, reason that Tom Brady doesn't have eight rings. And, uh, you know, (laughs) he's still a big name to retire. So we're sorry to see him go. I'm not. Well, yeah, you're a Patriots fan. No, it has nothing to do with that. He's he's a 500 quarterback who, in the second Super Bowl, his defense carried him. And in the first Super Bowl, it was literally David Tyree pinning the ball to his helmet. All right, so let's not let's not give him. He's a 500 quarterback, or a little over 500 quarterback. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the, for gonna, the next five years, we're going to be debating whether or not he's going to make yeah, the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's the thing, especially with what's going on in the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, with the arguments over that. Like, are we? Like, I was kind of disappointed that the NFL is doing that centennial uh, entry. Uh, in addition to like the regular voting on right. uh, members to get in for this next class, because uh, I mean, look at look at Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he's going to have the lowest win total of any head coach that was given a Hall of Fame bid. He's gonna oh, be the- okay. Oh, you're not you're not talking about the NASCAR driver. Sorry. No, no, the other one. Okay, well, got NAS- it. Thank you. Na- NASCAR is not a sport, so um, watching a bunch of grown men drive cars going left turn, left turn, left turn, left turn. That's just boring as fuck. Listen, and- I swear to God, that's like thirty percent of our audience. Good job, Mac. You've just completely alienated them. There's two other hosts, and I don't know how they would like listen to us. We have well, listen. Talked- I said audience, not host. Okay. Are, well, I'm saying <laughs> they, they still have you two, and we haven't talked NASCAR at all, and for good reason. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, just what what he's he's going to be the only coach under 90 wins. He got in before Tom Flores, which I still don't understand. Um, you know, I, I just if the NFL is going to be kind of in this, like I said, in the same position that the baseball hall of fame's in when it's looking at, are you going to be the hall of good players or is this going to be an actual hall of fame? Yeah. Because I mean, when, when baseball let Harold Baines in, that essentially opened up the floodgates to a lot of, you know, average players uh, that are going to get in, you know? Well, let's look at some stats from Eli. He does have a career record of 117 and 117. Uh, he's seventh all time on passing yards with 57,023. Uh, 366 touchdowns, good enough for eighth all time. However, he did have 244 interceptions, which gives him a one and 1.5 to one touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, in 16 seasons, he's a four time pro bowler, zero time NFL MVP, two time Super Bowl champion and two time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and both of those were over Belichick and Brady, which probably weighs a little more than other Super Bowls. Um, I don't know. A Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. Um, I, you know, it's going to be weird because, I mean, Nick Foles essentially won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, not too long ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I've always thought Eli, I mean, out, outside of how he came into the league by essentially strong arming the Chargers into trading him. <laughs> um, 
you know, he's always been a, a pretty quiet professional, um, you know, so I, I respect him for that. But I don't know, man. I, I mean, looking at it right now, I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy. Um, but then again, I'm not a voter. So no. uh, if it was up to our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash hometown crowd pod, he would be a Super Bowl or he would be a Hall of Famer. 15 people cast their votes. 13 people say, yes, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, on, and, uh, on, what? That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> only only two people in the, who voted said he should not be Hall of Fame. Who were they? Uh, let's see. I know one was Corey Todd and the other was Rick Howard. Well, Corey and Rick, they're the listeners or the the group members for the week. Every, <laughs> everybody else gets muted. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm they're, they're the MVP for the week. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in the NFL, uh, we had a couple of big games this week. Uh, the AFC Championship featured the Titans looking to catch lightning for a third straight time, third straight weekend. But unfortunately, the Kansas City offense proved too much for the one-dimensional Tennessee team. Uh, the Chiefs held Henry to just 69 yards and one touchdown. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill completed 21 passes and 31 attempts for 209 yards, and all of those totals were more than he had put up in the first two weeks yeah. combined. Um, <laughs> I think he was 15 of 29 for 170 yards in wild card and divisional weekend combined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes passed for 294 t- yards and three touchdowns, adding 53 yards and a score on the ground. Uh, so what did you guys think of that game? Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say Mahomes is fully healthy. Um, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the way he was able to extend drives by by busting off those runs. <laughs> I mean, that's he doesn't run often, but the guy's just just so good at winning, you know, when he knowing when to pull down the ball, get the yards he needs. Um, you know, I, I, Kansas city, just when they're rolling, like that's the best team in the NFL. Now, even with a, I mean, their defense is a lot better than it was last year, but I mean, that's not saying much when you were like dead last in almost every defensive category. Um, but I mean, that that's just a good looking team right now. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, I, you know, I was, I was, I was surprised at how well they bottled up Henry. Yeah, you know, I mean, was, when you only have one trick to to run, all yeah, you have to do. But, I mean, ever since, like, week nine, you know, Henry has essentially been it, and he still managed to just break people off. Um, I think uh, Kansas City schemed really well to, to make sure he didn't get into the second level, which is where he is really dangerous, because once he gets through those uh, linebackers, you know those defensive backs aren't going to hit him. Uh, you know, and if they what do, is he like six four two sixty or something like that. Six four two fifty, um, and you know he's just a he's a incredible Hulk in a football uniform. Um, but I mean, Kansas City had a good plan. You got to well, yeah. Happen. But and I want to say too, though, like they've kind of been cultivating that plan for the last like two years, because with like they they were the ones who fell in love with Mahomes early in his career at Texas Tech. And, uh, and so like, they were really like kind of chomping at the bit to have him. And then, you know, and then this is kind of going a little more behind the scenes. You've got like 
when they promoted uh, Brett Veach to general manager. And he stepped up. He had never really done that kind of a position before. But then he's like, once he took over, like he really kind of started making these really bold moves of, you know, trading Smith and um, and uh, Marcus Peters. And then he gets Sammy Watkins. And then and then, he, you know, he traded Clark, uh, the defensive end. Or he, well, he traded four to Four, get yeah. Clark, yeah, and then signing my boy Tyran. So, like, there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that they've kind of been building, and it's kind of like what you said, Mac. Like, once they got it going, like, you, you couldn't stop them. And yeah. overhauling the defense this year, too, was a big player in that as well. Well, I mean, just if even if they hold teams to 20 points, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas City's going to put up over 30, you know, or if, if the offense is having a bad day, the defense stepped up and managed to hold teams. I mean, they, it was kind of a lot like the, uh, like early or late, late aughts, early 2010, like Patriots teams that, you know, their defense played the bend, but don't break, you know, mm-hmm. they would, they would give up the yardage, but they weren't going to give up a lot of touchdowns. So well, yeah, over the last, uh, the final six regular season games, they allowed less than 12 points per game. And that was the best in the NFL. Yeah, I mean that's shocking coming from Kansas City. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, considering they started at six and four. Yeah. Well, considering they played like what a fifty-six, fifty-three game last year against the Rams, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they just it, it's it was very smart. Uh, the front office did a good job of just getting some like this huge talent influx on the defensive side of the ball. So I give them a lot of credit for that. I mean, Kansas City's just it's a well-run franchise. Um, I mean, people shit on Andy Reid. Um, you know, but he's a, he's a good head coach. He just hasn't, he hasn't been able to get over that hump yet. And maybe this will be the year who fucking knows. Well, they're at least there to compete for that opportunity. So, uh, on the other side, the NFC championship featured the 49ers who dominated most of the game in route to a, a Super Bowl berth over the Green Bay Packers. Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo attempted just eight passes while running back Raheem Mo- uh, is it Mostert? Mostert? Mostert. Mostert carried the ball 29 times for 220 Mostert? yards and four touchdowns. Sorry, Aaron I'm just going to Ro- call him Mustard. That's, that's his name. <laughs> He's Colonel Aaron, Mustard. Aaron Rodgers passed for 326 yards and two touchdowns, but did throw two interceptions and couldn't overcome San Francisco's stout defense. Yeah, I think uh, probably the biggest... Uh, takeaway from that was if you can keep Aaron Jones uh, off balance, you're you're going to have a really good chance to beat the Packers because uh, he didn't really get anything going. Uh, you know, so Rodgers had to do what Rodgers typically has had to do, which is kind of carry it himself. But I mean, San Francisco managed to pressure him, play good run defense, um, and essentially played. Uh, you know, like 1950s football where the quarterback attempted eight forward passes. And then, uh, but I mean, you, you want to give the ball to Mostert because the guy just, he ran through, he ran around, he ran past everybody uh, on that Green Bay defense, which is another one of those squads that got really good over the course of an off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just, this is, this is going to be an interesting game. I think the Super Bowl is going to be really interesting considering the, the kind of the dichotomy of the two teams of this offensive juggernaut in Kansas city and this really, really stout defense in San Francisco. Uh, and, you know, Andy Reid's like this, 
he's fucking ancient by you know coaching standards and you've got Kyle Shanahan who still looks like he's 12 you know <laughs> I actually saw an article right before we started recording where Kyle Shanahan with about 6 minutes left in the game leaned over to the ref and said something to the effect of uh Kittle was going to run an out route and he was going to be uh penalized because the uh, the matchup was just so favorable that he knew before the play even started there was going to be pass interference against the defense because this guy could not keep up and was not going to let Kittle get to the out route. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it was like third and three with six minutes left. Sure enough, Kittle runs the out route. The defender does not let him out and draws the pass interference call. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He- he just leaned over to the ref and said, this penalty's coming. Be ready. Hey, Tim, mm-hmm. just think uh, five years ago, Shanahan was on Cleveland's sideline. Do you need to remind me <laughs> that in our history, we've had Belichick, Saban, and uh, Shanahan on our sidelines and can't do shit? Well, I mean, can I'm you... not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised. It's just Cleveland doing Cleveland things. It's just Cleveland doing Cleveland things. Exactly. Yeah. And now we get to deal with Stefanski. I don't know. I'm not going to talk shit about Stefanski. This is his first head coaching gig. We can't really pass we'll, judgment. Um, we'll give him a chance. I mean, I, I'm i interested to see how the rest of his staff unfolds. Uh, you know, so, I mean, we'll, 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 I think we'll see more about that in the next few weeks. But any other takeaways from the uh, Niners-Packers game? Uh, I thought it was interesting that Garoppolo only attempted eight passes. Yeah, he uh, he had, what, like 60 yards? Uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. I mean, that's the thing. Shanahan. Um, 77. Shanahan, uh, he does a lot of what McVeigh does, which is only run a, like a certain amount of plays, but out of like 30 different formations. Um, yeah. And when you've got an offensive line, that's, I mean, as good as run blocking. Because, I mean, Sam Fran's rotated three running backs in and out of the lineup all year. Like, just they have a good rotation. And then Mostert just kind of caught the hot hand at the end of the year, um, you know. And if you're running the ball well, why fucking pass it? I mean, mm-hmm. Green Bay couldn't stop it. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I do find very funny, um, and I guess this can close it out, because, of course, I'm going to bring it up, is that I feel like – Shanahan is drawing less uh, is drawing upon lessons from uh, his experience at the 2016 Super Bowl to prepare uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, for those listeners who are unaware, he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, who squandered a 28 to three lead against the Patriots. 28 to three. Well, let's so. jump into looking ahead at the big game. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl, so we're not even going to talk about that. And we're just going to jump to what? 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 Come on, man. It's the Pro Bowl. It's it's the fourth alternate at every position because the starters <laughs> didn't want to play. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is in the Pro Bowl this year. Oh, oh listen, they've got to make him, like, they, they've got to do something to, yeah, to make yeah. him feel a little better about himself. I mean, they have to, because he was almost living next door to Luke Falk and uh, Duck Hodges <laughs> there for a little bit. Above me in the apartment? Yeah, uh, I mean, don't worry, Mariota's going to take your old apartment, so. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we were actually running through it. I didn't realize that the only teams that had a winning record in the AFC were the playoff teams. 
Uh, the AFC just had a shitty year this year. Um, yeah, I mean, there were a. I mean, when you look at the AFC, there was a lot more. Uh, I don't want to say rebuilding, but there were a lot of teams that were like trying to retool on the fly and just. Yeah. I mean, I, I nobody wants like nobody wants to acknowledge the Dolphins did it smart. They tore it completely down, um, and they're going to rebuild everything. And then just look at the the job Brian Flores did at the end of the year. Like he pulling what two or three wins out of that team was like that should have been coach of the fucking year, man. Well, yeah, apparently the Dolphins are like hella coveting Burrow. So well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I fully expect that the Bengals will bungle that one and trade it to the Dolphins. <laughs> Well, I mean, when when you look at it, I mean, I know we're going to talk Super Bowl, but if you've got multiple first round picks, do not package him, especially on a team like Miami. You've got eight million holes on that team. You pick as many top talent players as you can. Yeah. So you can you've got, them. I think, three first rounders. Yeah, and then you keep them for four years before you go into their their fifth year option. So that I mean that that's a that's a huge base you know building block right there. Right. Um, I, I'm, I, you, I think we all three of us love Joe Burrow, but you don't package together two or three. LSU legend Joe Burrow. There you mm, go. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for using his whole name. I appreciate that, Timothy. Yeah. How about, and his like Esquire could be Ohio State and LSU graduate. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's got, no. He's got pieces of paper from both places. He does. You're right. He, he's um, a smart man. He's a smart man. Um, but the but, only reason I brought up about the AFC records is because we were trying to figure out why Tannehill got in, and that's because he's one of six quarterbacks on an AFC team who had a winning record. Uh, the seventh best team in the seventh best team in the AFC was the eight and eight Steelers, and there's no way Duck Hodges is making a Pro Bowl. Oh uh, yeah, or, or uh, Mason Rudolph. Right, uh, so that's why Ryan Tannehill is in, because who else are you going to put in? Um, you know what, Tim? Put you in. I mean, at this point. Uh, but let's jump into our Super Bowl preview. We are doing this a little bit early than most, uh, simply because we want to make sure you guys have a chance to listen to it before the game. We'll give you guys the full week. Um this is a matchup between what is probably the best defense in the league versus one of, if not the best offenses in the league. Uh, Kansas City and San Francisco will meet on February 2nd in Miami for Super Bowl 54, and the Chiefs are opening at a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Mac, what's your take on this game? Well, I mean, if you look at it defensively, the Niners have Kansas City beat probably positionally across the board on defense. Um, I can maybe think of two or three positions on offense where can, uh, San Francisco is better. They, I, I mean, I think it's it's pretty safe to say San Francisco has much better running backs. Uh, George Kittle is the best fucking tight end in the NFL. Um, I mean, that's not knocking Travis Kelsey. I think that's a you know to to ignore Travis Kelsey as a as a great talent himself is a you know that's a that, that's a horrible thought. But like he's he's kind of on the other side of his career, you know, where Kittle's just starting and Kittle's just been unstoppable in the last two years. Um, and, but I mean, I think what you have to look at is if Kansas city schemed well to stop Derrick Henry, who is a, a man among boys. I mean, they probably could do the same thing to scheme and stop Mostert and Coleman and um, McKinnon uh, in the Niners backfield. 
which would put the onus on Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to San Francisco's wide receivers. And I mean, they're good enough to play in the NFL, but they're not, they're not uh, Kansas city's wideouts. You know, Sammy Watkins has really kind of stepped up in the playoffs. Tyreek Hill is still Tyreek fucking Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, the little dynamo. Um, and then you still have Kelsey over the middle. Um, I mean, it, this game is going to be, I mean, it, it, I'd like to say, like, they're going to somehow cancel each other out. But, I mean, with Kansas City kind of showing that they can stop the run, I think that kind of tilts the odds in Kansas City's favor because of Pat Mahomes and the offensive weapons he has compared to, I mean, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo have a couple, like, just really good games this season. But is he the guy when the chips are down, that's going to be able to carry your whole team. Uh, and I don't think Jimmy's shown that yet. I think Patrick Mahomes, on the other hand, has. So. Heather, what's your take? Um, Kind of a lot of what Max said, to be perfectly honest. Um, I do think that if... I, I do think that it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, I think that if you are uh, more a fan of, like, the old school, like poppy in the mouth like just real hard hitting type you know back and forth type game um i think all the stuff i was saying they were like you know you might want to favor um you you would potentially favor the niners in that one but again i just think the way that kansas city has been these last couple of games and i think that mayhaw i think mahomes knows that this is his time to like really like step up and and basically you know, put his fucking money where his mouth is and show like all the buildup that he's been doing this season, all the training and despite the injury and everything like that, like, you know, he's, he's ready for it. And so like I say I'm uh, clearly, I'm going to go for the chiefs. Cause again, it's for pop. It's always for pop. So, <laughs> so Mac, you went for the chiefs too. I mean, I think that's a smart bet. I just, I, I trust Pat Mahomes. When, when, the chips are down. Pat Mahomes has shown that he's going to step up and make plays. He's going to put the ball where it needs to be. Uh, and, and players like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and, like I said, Sammy Watkins the last few weeks have really just stepped up. Um, and I, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to do that. And well, if- and I have to, too, also add, too, because, you know, Tyran, these playings. So I have to. I have yeah. to. I mean, San Francisco's going to have to figure out how you cover Hill. Um, mm-hmm. I love Richard Sherman. You, he's probably my favorite player in the NFL. Um, honestly, and it's because I admire any man who graduates from Stanford University in three years. Uh, <laughs> or I'm, I think you mean tolerates Stanford University for three years. Well, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he graduated though. Um, and you know, he's a smart, articulate guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. Oh yeah, he's, like I always loved seeing his like press conferences. Oh yeah, you know, and he just. He, he speaks his mind, and I, I appreciate that. And it, when you look at what he does on the field, you know, he's had up and down years, but what what player hasn't? No one is at the top of their game for their entire career. It just it, It's non-existent. Like, that guy does not exist, you know? Right. Um, but he's really kind of found a second win, you know, at, at moving to San Francisco, and I think he's done an outstanding job. Um, but are you going to match him up on Tyreek Hill? Mm-mm. No, which means you're probably going to have to flex a safety over as well which is going to open up the middle of that field for, you know, slants and uh, out routes to Kelsey. So, I mean, they're, they're, 
San Francisco's linebackers are going to be very busy trying to guard the middle of that field. And, you know, Kansas City has enough on the ground to kind of keep you honest, I guess. Um, and they're, they've got a good offensive line. So, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a game where if Mahomes plays like we have seen him play, you know, he's got a chance to win. Um, and, and he can pick his team up when they're, when they're not doing well. But like I said, I don't think Garoppolo's that guy yet. Uh, I, I don't think he's been in that position to where he's had to do it because the San Francisco defense has been so fucking good. Like, this is just a, that's just such a good defense from, you know, the front forward to the linebackers, to defensive backs. Um, but I mean, they're, they're meeting an equally uh, talented offense. So, um, and let's face it, a lot of these, the, the way the NFL now is the rules favor the offense. So <laughs> I'm going to say Kansas city. Yeah, I am actually going to disagree with you guys on this one. Of course um, you are. <laughs> San Francisco has been my pick to go to the Super Bowl for quite a while now. Um, I think they kind of surprised us with how good that defense was, but their offense has shown that they can hang with just about anybody. Um, even, even when their defense struggles, I mean, look at the New, New Orleans game where, what was that, 48-46 or something like that? Their offense can score when they need them to. Um, I think it's going to come down to uh, that, that front line of San Francisco that's just going to hassle Mahomes all game long. And yeah, Mahomes can make plays off of that, but for how long against a, a team that talented? Um, so I've got San Francisco in this game. Well, I mean, he's, he's hung in there with some really talented teams. So, I mean, I, I think this will be a good game. I don't think this is going to be, I have liked the last few years where these games have not been blowouts. I remember as a kid, you know, those Super Bowls were awful to watch, uh, <laughs> because the NFC was trouching the AFC by like 30 points every fucking Super Bowl. Um, you know, so, I mean, as long as I get a good game, I'm not really going to piss men or complain. Um, I just, I don't want to see a blowout. Anybody throwing a Super Bowl party that I can crash? Um, no, I have no. school. I have school the next day. I mean, I have to work the next day, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, I have work the next day too. Yeah. But, well, yeah. No, this is my last semester. So I'm trying to make sure I do some of my best work. Yeah. Well, let's pivot over to Major League Baseball, where the big news this week was revolved around the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, and the whole sign-stealing scandal. Late last week, what's that? <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> uh, late last week, the Red Sox parted ways with Alex Cora, then the Mets with Carlos Beltran. Uh, Cora and Beltran become the third and fourth personnel to be fired in this whole scandal, following the Astros' termination of general manager Jeff Lunau and manager A.J. Hinch. The Astros were also fined $5 million, Lunau and Hinch were suspended for one year each, and the Astros were forced to give up uh, the first two picks in the first two, or the, their picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's Major League Baseball. There's like 640 rounds, and there's like three different levels. Um, but Houston's kind of rebuilt their team through their first round picks that they've developed. So, I mean, this yeah, we is, know all about like Seth Beer, who came through yeah. Fayetteville last year. Yeah, you know, um, and just Altuve and Correa and, and, and a lot of the talented young players that they have. 
Um, but I mean, that is going to sting a little, but I mean, I've said it once and I've said it, I'll say it again. Every team steals signs, every fucking one of them. It's that they typically keep it like 19th century sign stealing. Yeah, It's the the technology that really is the center of this. Yeah. The Astros went all 21st century on it. Uh, you know, but, uh, I mean, Manfred had to do something. The commissioner had to do something. Um, you know, if he didn't, you know, it would completely undo the power grab that Bud Selig did when he became commissioner. Right. Uh, you know, because before Selig, uh, you know, they kind of they kind of neutered the owners neutered the power of commissioner, and Selig was like, "Nah, fuck that, bro." Uh, <laughs> and keep and keep in mind, he was like the interim commissioner for like five fucking years before he took the job full time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, every team does it. I just didn't understand why Houston had to be so blatant about it. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really the big thing is that, you know, you could tell, uh, I mean, the video doesn't lie. You can tell exactly what's going on. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, if it was an organizational problem, um, yeah, you definitely get rid of, you know, the GM and the manager. You, you have to do that. Um, you know, Cora was involved in the shit in Houston and, and brought it over to Boston. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Beltran was a player on those Houston, you know, a couple of those Houston teams. So I get why Manfred did it. But, you know, uh, you know, and I understand why the organizations did it. Like they're, they're going to be preemptive and, well, we don't we don't support cheating, um, you know, but now you've literally got two contenders in Boston and, and Houston without fucking managers going into spring training. Yeah. Um, you know, and I understand you want to do this due diligence. That, that, that's a smart thing. But Major League Baseball has an investigative arm the same way the NFL does. Like, why did it take so fucking long? You literally probably could have had this wrapped up early December. You know, because we've been talking about it since fucking November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know and, and regardless of, you know, uh, the optics of it, you, you got to take care of shit like that. But you don't leave to teams looking for managers and probably not hiring one before pitcher, uh, pitchers and catchers fucking report. So I, I, I just, I just want to jump out right real quick and say, um, I don't care what the Los Angeles city council passed. They're not going to award the trophies from 2017 and 2018 to the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just stop it. Um, <laughs> that that's almost as bad as UCF putting up a national championship banner. Uh, for what 2015 or whatever <laughs> the worst case is that they'll be forced to vacate and that's it no that will never happen you don't major, think no major league baseball will not do that i mean you, you got to think about it they lost a world series in 94 and you would have thought the fucking world ended um mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to put two more holes in a fucking or you know yeah. a hole in, in that world series lineage you know i mean because no no sport relies on stats and history the way baseball does that's why old white people love baseball so much do you think we'll see any more punishments coming for players because the players have largely been left alone in this with the exception of the uh the beltran yeah but Uh, at that point beltran was a manager He, he you know he wasn't a player right so i mean you know, the Will Pond family has a big enough black eye from the being wrapped up in the Bernard Madoff Ponzi scheme, which completely bankrupted their fucking team, uh, leaving every Mets fan, 
you know, alive, just angry because it's a New York franchise that is in the bottom 10 of payroll for five or six years. And they just were awful. Um, so I get trying to get a, you know ahead of that so you don't have any more bad ink. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see him doing that because if you look at like Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve, they're, they're like part of that younger generation of baseball players that is kind of that baseball needs to be successful so they can pull in the young viewers so they don't have the issues of cratering attendance, which is already a problem. Uh, you know, bad TV numbers, uh, lower jersey sales, all that shit. Um, baseball is the, probably the one sport that did not get on board with uh, trying to rack up those younger fans the way basketball and football and, to a lesser extent, hockey did. Um, you know, so they're, they're, Manfred's trying to figure shit out to keep people interested. But I don't see, I don't see him going after players. Uh, what do you think about the idea of diving more into technology to prevent this from happening further. I've heard the suggestion of the, uh, basically the two factor authentication where there's like a little screen or something that the pitchers have that say which sign they're supposed to read, uh, that nobody else can see the pictures. The only, I, I think it's something that like sits on the mound or something. Who has time for that? Yeah. And in uh, a game, uh, yeah, really? I, you know, Manfred's trying to cut down on the length of games. That's only going to lengthen it. Um, you know, listen, I'm, I could barely open up my phone with my face ID, much less <laughs> some, to, you know, key whatever. Like, no. I mean, the, I, the I think is, the way it works is basically like there'll be a little screen on the mound that'll flash, you know, like one, two, three, or four. And it's basically to be like, you're going to take the fourth sign. So you look at the catcher and he flashes you four signs and you read the fourth one. And yeah. that's the pitch. You're going to have so much time in between pitches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's no. going to fuck, that's going to fuck with the pitcher's rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't see that as a, as a, you know, a, an actual, um, fix to this uh but you know i mean baseball baseball is probably the sport with the the biggest human element to it that's why i like umps you know people not a fan of this idea of the robotic umps no no um see no that's how skynet starts no yeah exactly Uh you know but you know you can't technology can't be applied to fix everything unfortunately it just that's you're not going to fix baseball that way um, you know, you're not going to fix football that way. You're not going to fix the sports that way. There's always going to be that human element with an ump or a ref and, and, or a line judge in hockey or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be those, those, uh, human official, you know, officials who, you know, are, are going to make mistakes and that shit's going to happen. But I mean, major league baseball just needs to be smarter and maybe, you know, <laughs> uh, have like league officials down in dugouts to make sure shit like that's not happening or, you know, whatever the case is, but, but adding a, an iPad embedded into the mound, is not going to fucking work because you know, the first ground ball to hit that thing, it's game over. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a two hour delay while it gets fixed and you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There you go, Tim. There's a new line of work for you. Hey, they probably pay well. The, uh, uh, the, I, the iPad guy for the pitcher's mound. <laughs> The Baseball Hall of Fame ballots were announced this week. Two players earned enough votes to enter the hall this year. Uh, Former Expos and Rockies outfielder Larry Walker earned 76.6% of the votes in his final opportunity on the ballot. 
Uh, and Yankee star Derek Jeter earned 99.7% of votes, falling just one vote short of becoming the second unanimous inductee in his first year. Um, I did see an image floating around that Dave Williams is the one who didn't vote for him, that douchebag, uh, but somehow voted for Bonds, Giambi, and Paul Canerco. Yeah, I, I also saw that that wasn't an actual ballot. Um, but, I mean, who knows? If, if Dave Williams was a guy that did that, fuck you, Dave Williams. I'm with you on that one. Like, <laughs> I don't think any of us liked the Yankees during Jeter's term there. You know, it's 20 years. But Jeter's a fucking unanimous Hall of Famer. He, Absolutely. He redefined what it was to play, uh, you know, shortstop. Uh, you know, he was Mr. Yankee. You know, he, he just... I mean, the only thing you could really talk shit about Derek Jeter about is the fact that when he broke up with a chick, he would send them gift baskets <laughs> with autographed pictures of himself in them. Okay, like that's that's kind of douchey. But I mean, he he was, uh, you know, maybe one of one of the if not the best player of his generation, and he did it for twenty fucking years. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, the dude's t- definitely deserving of being unanimous. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder if the whoever it was just, you know, thought, oh, Rivera should be the only unanimous one. Yeah, see, and I, I think that I was listening to Adam and Joe, uh, and, you know, they're based out of Raleigh. They, you know, they said, fuck this. They didn't say fuck this. They're on, Nash, you know, on radio, but. They're know, not they, us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, there may be that, a day where we clean up our language, but it is not this day. It is yeah, not this not day. Today. Uh, but, you know, they said it's time to stop those ballots being anonymous. You know, they, they need to be out in front. I See, I always liked what Dave Gammons did when he was still on ESPN. Or Peter Gammons, excuse me. Um, he would always put his – he would read his ballot off on Baseball Tonight. Yeah. You know, because he's been a voter for like 20 years. Um, but, you know, and he would explain why he voted for some people and why he didn't vote for others. You know, like he I, – I, I think it's important that those – you know, the BBWA needs to fucking just be out with it. Let people know who you're voting for. You know, I mean, it's. I mean, if, if you're going to be a douche like that, own it. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I I want to, like, like congratulate Jeter and Walker because, I mean, Walker, he's catching hell because, you know, they're, he played so many years at Coors Field. Um, you know, his stats are inflated. He was also like a three-time batting champ. He went three straight seasons hitting 360 or above. You know, um, he, he, good. To, I mean, he was a good defensive outfielder when he was younger. You know, he was, he was a good all-around ball player. And, you know, he had over 300 home runs. And, you know, the big knock against him is his batting average. And it's like, dude, he also played uh, – his early years were played in Montreal mm-hmm. before he went to Colorado. Um, and – you know, he play, he had a couple good years with the with the I believe the Cardinals too. So I mean, it's I think he's a better candidate than Harold fucking Baines. But you know, again, what do I know? I'm just a dickhead on a fucking sports podcast. Right. I mean, the one interesting thing that I've seen is uh, next year there doesn't seem to be any real locks to be inducted. Um. Which they're saying is good news for people like Omar Vizquel, who's kind of been on the rise and probably deserves it, but isn't getting all the love because of his uh, his hitting. Uh, yeah, but de- see, defensively, he deserves it. Yeah, but see, you can't just go off of one part of the game. 
Uh, that's why I never understood why Ozzy Smith made it in the Hall. Yeah, but yeah. W- with uh, with no real clear candidates, they're saying that might be good for Omar Vizquel, uh, who I think got about fifty four percent this year. Yeah, I mean that could also be bad for him because that could be next year can be a year nobody gets in, which has yeah. happened. You know, but uh, you know I would love to see Omar get in, but when you look at the all around game, no, I, I don't. He's like a what T fifty career batting average. Something. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't a great hitter. No. Uh, but he did manage to get on base quite a bit. Yeah, I mean he he had a good walk rate, you know, didn't strike out a lot. Um I mean and just the Indians fan in me, I'd love to see him go in the hall, you know, with the with the block C on. So I just uh I don't know, I just don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Um but then again, Harold Baines got in, and, <laughs> and he was just a fucking designated hitter. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's look at UFC 246 took place this past weekend. Uh, the big fight of the night, McGregor versus Cowboy, lasted less than 40 seconds. Yeah. Uh, McGregor defeated Cowboy in the first round by first breaking his nose with his shoulder and then landing a devastating kick to his face, and that was about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I dude, mean, the use of the shoulder though, that was a good. I would oh, have dude. never thought to use that. Dude, it, Israel Adesanya came out and was like, "Bro, holy shit, that's awesome! I, I gotta yeah. start using these things." Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it's brilliant, especially when you're trying to tie someone up. Uh, you know, your shoulder is a is another hard bone, like the elbow. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, go for it, man. Um, well, you could tell after the first one, like his bell got wrong yeah hard yeah and, i mean and when he just kept driving it there it's just like oh god this is this is not gonna go for a long time <laughs> yeah that's the thing when mcgregor's focused he's that guy that's capable of doing that but in the last four years you know he's let four years of his prime just get shit you know down the drain because you know he he fought mayweather made a shit ton of money and thought he was king shit um and Bro, this is the fight game. People's memories are notoriously short, uh, unless you're unless you get your ass kicked. Then people just remember that shit. You, oh man, you remember like ten years ago when he got his fucking, you know, head kicked in. But um, you know, it's just I I was the biggest Connor Homer for a long time, and then once he wins two championships and then defends neither of them, uh, is stripped of both of them. Um, give some of the worst like fucking uh, fight hyping in the in the Mayweather mat, you know, about where it was just homophobic and racist and just ignorant. <laughs> and then he literally is carried by Mayweather, who hadn't knocked anybody out in a decade before that fight. Um, you know, and the Mayweather let it drag on for as long as it did. You know, it had yeah. nothing to do with what McGregor was doing in that ring. Um, you know, and then he comes out against Khabib and just gets fucking boat raced, man. Like he thought he could do the same shit against, honestly, uh, you know, one of the top three or four fighters on the planet. Um, so I, I think the cowboy matchup for him was a great one to come back on because cowboy, uh, officially leads the UFC and wins, but he's never won a title. Um, and in his last couple fights, he's been knocked out. So like, this is a guy that can put you down or get knocked the fuck out. And uh, honestly, I think at this point, Cowboy needs to look at maybe hanging it up 
you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, every fighter has his time, you know. Um, and now the next thing is, is where does McGregor go from here? Yeah, I know uh, Mayweather's wanting a rematch. Yeah. I, well, so uh, is Khabib, but he's saying he'll only do it for $100 million. Yeah, I mean, that, that's only. A, yeah, only. yeah. Khabib, Khabib isn't, he, he's going to talk a good game because he's allowed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a champ. Um, but I mean, McGregor five years ago said he would never fight in the UFC again unless they gave him stock options. And Dana White and uh, uh, the new parent organization n- will never fucking do that. They're never going to give up stock in that company. Um, you know, so and, and no fighter is making $100 million for no. a fight. You know, not, no. in the UFC, not in the UFC. You can make that go into box mm-hmm. and get and getting your ass kicked. Because that's it's... getting, yeah, that's Mayweather money right there. Yeah, you know, that's, that's that fuck you money. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I think it would be a mistake for him to get back in the ring with Mayweather um, because no one realistically gives him a chance to win. That, that would just be another money grab. Yeah. Now, if you said he was going to fight Khabib again or Masvidal, you know, um, okay, I get that. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, McGregor at 170 makes no sense. He would be a tiny man at 170. Um, he needs to drop back down to 155 where, you know, he's won a belt. He can go toe-to-toe with those guys. Uh, but if he decides to stay at 170, there's no fucking way. He had to put on weight to make 170. Um, most of those guys at 170 are cutting 20, 30 pounds to make it to 170. So he would be a tiny, tiny person uh, compared to some of those guys in that, in that division. Well, so since we're in a related topic, do we want to go ahead and announce the uh, the guests that we may have next week? Yes, let's do yeah. that. Uh, so first up, we, uh, we're we still waiting on confirmation on whether he'll be on the show or not. Uh, our producer and co-host of That's Just My Face and Smash the Mat podcast, Deshaun D.B. Byron. Mm-hmm. And Heather, who's our guest number two? Uh, guest number two is confirmed to be number one fan, James Lewis. Yep. So we will have James and possibly DB on next week. Uh, they'll be talking with us about, we're going to do our XFL preview. Um, so we felt it was appropriate to have them on just because Vince McMahon owns the XFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, even if there isn't going to be any tie-ins, plus there is a uh, what is it, Royal Rumble this Royal weekend. Royal Rumble this weekend, yep. Uh, so we'll let them break that down, and you know, I'm gonna talk about sure that. I'm gonna make sure I watch AEW, and don't you dare! <laughs> How like, dare you? Do not. Well, it's a superior it's product, awful. so no. Do uh, not. I won't. I won't Chris be much of Jer- a no. You need to know. No, Chris you Jericho, need to watch NXT. You need to watch NXT. That's what you not. need to. I will not. Jorge no los dos. No. Uh, okay. Why not both? Chris Jericho wrestles in AEW, and that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah. Is the man Are the man? Really? Seriously? That's back. That's your reasoning? Uh, yeah. Wow. Chris, Chris Jericho is a uh, an amazing talent. Not only just the AEW champ, but also oh. the singer of Fozzie. All oh, right. I cannot and wait. And has a, has a for... great podcast of his own. I cannot wait for James's response to that. Yeah, you know, with how he came at you for the Sergeant Slaughter stuff, he's going to come at you hard next week. Hey, that's fine. Sergeant Slaughter's a bum. He's a Uh, bum. (laughs) Let's close tonight by taking a peek at what's going on with the Fayetteville Marksman. They did win 
two games last weekend, improving to 18-3-6. and six. Uh, That gives them 42 points, but the Peoria Rivermen also recorded two wins, so Fayetteville does remain three points behind. Um, the Marksmen do host three games this weekend, all against the Evansville Thunderbolts, while the Rivermen only pay, play twice. So this is a chance to catch up and maybe even take over first place. Uh, so we're excited for that. Uh, you know, the, the Marksmen have been having a really good season. I still need to get out there. I know I keep saying that. Um, I've just been, I've been and it was busy. It was, and it was uh, delightful. We need we need to look at the calendar and just pick out a hometown crowd night and just invite anybody who's in Fayetteville mm-hmm. in the group to come out and watch the game with us because that would be a blast. That would be fun. Uh, yeah. We need we need to get out and support our local teams. Uh, yeah. We also we, we need to hit up uh, the schedules for the uh, uh, the women's pro league for football and also our semi pro minor league basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you know before you know it, the Woodpeckers will be back. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I mean, I'm I'm excited for all of that. So uh that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd. You can get in on the conversation at our new Hometown Crowd podcast group, Facebook.com slash groups slash hometown crowd pod. As always, subscribe on your favorite podcast source. And if you're an iTunes listener, leave us a review and we will read it on the show, just like we did with Sloan and uh Man. Um, for Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. And Bye. if you guys are tired of ironing your shirts, just get fat and watch the creases disappear. That's what I did. <laughs>